Hello, and welcome to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment. Uh, today, I am honored to have Lacey Frost with me, and Lacey has a phenomenal social media game, and she's going to talk a little bit about her presence there, but also helping women feel and have the confidence of beauty uh, as what she helps them with learning about makeup. So Lacey, thanks so much for being on today. Hi, thanks for having me. I was so excited when you asked me. I'm like, what? You want me on there? So thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. So kicking off your story, uh, you're originally from Idaho and you have some siblings. So talk a little bit about sibling rivalries and competitiveness that comes out when you have siblings. Oh, it gets intense. So I grew up in a little town in Idaho and I'm the only girl. So I have an older brother and a younger brother, and my mom and dad raised us to love sports, be confident, confident, be competitive, and so I always wanted to be just like my older brother, and then I always could never have my little brother beat me in anything, (laughs) so we just had a good competitive upbringing, and I feel like that's, you know, kind of made me who I am today. So I, I loved, I loved my upbringing a lot. Yes. So as you got into sports, uh, one of them ended up being one of your better ones, or maybe one that you enjoyed most, and that was soccer. So talk a little bit about uh, starting to excel at that and what turned you on to soccer. Yeah. So um, my brothers and my dad were always into golf. And I just thought that's the most boring <laughs> thing ever. Like I, my dad had, he built like a, a putting green in our yard. And I just was like, there's just no way. And then he started to get into baseball. And so I just kind of like got into baseball and throwing balls. And then my dad was like, well, maybe we can try soccer. You don't like golf. So I started to play soccer as well as basketball and tennis. And I, you know, I did well, but soccer was just my thing. I loved the team. I loved obviously like winning, you know, with my best friends and being competitive. So I ended up getting a scholarship to BYU. So I, um, I ended up coming up South to, to Utah and I've been here ever since, but along the way, I ended up tearing my ACL and I was healthy throughout my whole life. And then my first year at BYU, I ended up tearing my ACL and then I, I just wasn't as good. It kind of like shook me up. Yeah. A lot of people recover quickly and I was like, oh my heck, my speed's gone and, but I'm, I'm not a quitter. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep going. So I played another year and then I toured again. And then um, I played another spring season and then I toured again and I was like, okay, I got to hang up the cleats. So that's my soccer story. So let's talk a little bit about that. I think, uh, so I played basketball in college and so Mm -hmm. I totally get the athletic side of it. And I think something that's tough about it is a part of you starts to put your identity in your skill and your accomplishment within that sport. And then for you to have something completely outside of your control, you know, take that away. Talk a little bit about that, finding the new sense of identity after having an injury and maybe losing a little confidence from that. Oh, I, I lost a lot. (laughs) It, it rocked my world and it woke me up for 
a reason like, wow, my whole life it's been sports and now it's gone. And I'm in a position where I never thought I would be. I thought I'd play the four years, um, continue on with my life and be married and have kids. And I look back and things happen how they're supposed to. And the universe does what the universe wants to do. It's just how you have your attitude and you look at it. So for the first couple of years, I, I really did have a hard time and I had no idea what I wanted to do or be. And it, it, it was hard, but I mean, I've, I've learned a lot. So, you know, exactly playing in the collegiate level. It's, it's pretty demanding and it's fun, but it's, it is, it's hard. Yeah. So as you're going through school and soccer is kind of out of the picture, did you ever anticipate or think about leaving or did you love BYU? You knew you were going to stay. Cause I know a lot of people, if I'm not playing the sport, then maybe I'm not nearly as attracted to the university. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I ended up, I, I did leave. I ended up um, transferring and playing a year at Idaho state, which is in Pocatello. And I ended up kind of keeping in touch with a guy that was on the basketball team and he was like, come back to BYU. You can hang out with me. So I ended up doing that and we ended up getting married actually. So I met a basketball player and it was just short lived. We learned a lot from each other. He ended up getting drafted and then he played overseas. So he played in Europe. So I went to Italy and Croatia with him. And that was a life, like, life <laughs> it was, it was awesome, but yeah. we just ended up not making each other better. So we separated. And then once again, I'm like, here I am Yeah. I'm four, I'm still young, but like, what, what am I doing? It just, it's so crazy. So that, yeah, that, that brought me back to BYU. And then, um, and then I was single and still trying to find, you know, what I wanted. And so it's crazy what life throws at you. So anyway, BYU, it was awesome. It was a good experience, but I I haven't been to Provo a lot since. So, (laughs) So, but so let's talk a little bit about that. I don't need you to, you know, feel like you have to air all the laundry from this, but once again, you know, you kind of think about, hey, we have our identity in sports. Sports is taken away from us. A lot of people in relationships, right? They, not, I'm not going to say they lose themselves, but it starts to blend together with the other person, right? And it's more of the yeah. relationship. So talk a little bit about transitioning from that then and, you know, re, redefining who's Lacey, right? Who, who am I as a, as a single yeah. person? I think I was pretty young when we did get married. I was 21. And he was young. And then we moved to, you know, a a different country and we don't have kids. And then when you separate, you're like, okay, I got to start over again. I got to get back into the dating scene. And I think in Utah, it's hard also because I mean, divorced people, you're like, eh, what did you do wrong in, in that? And so it made me like look at other people too and be like, everyone has a different story. And unless you absolutely know what that person is going through, you, you shouldn't judge them. I mean, I probably did about divorced people. I'm like, well, why would you get married if you're just mm. get 
So it made me look at relationships different. And I think about five or six years went by and my little brother was at Utah State at the time. I was still in Utah, just kind of bouncing around between jobs and just trying to find out who I was. And he set me up with a great guy who played sports and was in a lacrosse. And we ended up getting married a couple years later. So my next marriage, and I'm still trying to find out who I am, but I'm happy. And so that was kind of the next chapter, <laughs> which has, yeah. you know, made me who I am today as well. So absolutely. So tying into some of the things that you're doing now, uh, yeah. growing up, sometimes uh, girls that are into athletics are more of the tomboy type and could yeah. care less about anything <laughs> fashion. Uh, other times it's like, Hey, yeah, for these two hours a day, yeah, I'm sweating, I'm working. But other than that, yeah. like I'm very much into fashion style. What type of a girl is Lacey growing up versus now? That's so that that is that's a great question. <laughs> so growing up, obviously, I was kind of a tomboy. I wanted to be like my brother, but a small percentage of me like loved like makeup. And like and, and like tomboy clothes, but yet I still liked certain things from the Gap and like girly stuff that my mom would get me. But I always liked makeup, whether mm-hmm. like I would wear it a lot. I, there's just always a small little percentage of me that loved it. Like when my mom has saved like some of my drawings, I would always draw a basketball and then like lipstick and like <laughs> eyelashes. I'm like five years old. I have like these long eyelashes. So yeah, I would say. I, I definitely still in the sporty lace, but by looking on my Instagram, I mean, I don't, you wouldn't know too much that, that I was so deep in the sport. So I definitely, um, transitioned into someone who, you know, is just more into like makeup tips and, good affordable like fashion finds but yet sports still has a huge impact on my life so yeah so at what point do you really start working and growing on kind of the business and the social media side for you oh so I was about a couple years into my marriage and I got into Saint I bought the makeup and they came out with the distribution side. And so I'm like, oh, I might as well make some money while I share like makeup tips and tricks. And I wasn't very good at it. Instagram about like, what, seven years ago, just, I wasn't really, I didn't really know about it. I just knew about Facebook. So then um, a couple years go by, I'm in the scene and I'm going through infertility struggles with, um, my ex-husband now and I thought well I might as well share a little bit more about me so yeah. I can be more relatable and people can I don't know just get to know me the lacy yeah. the authentic person not only do I want to like share my makeup but I want people to understand that infertility is is a hard trial and just by looking in, you don't, you wouldn't know about anyone unless like they share it and they're vulnerable. So I really started to open up and that grew a a good following. 
And then I feel like people, you know, I would engage with them and connect. And I met so many amazing women. And then they were like, oh, I want to try your makeup. Like, you're nice and I trust you. And so it's been a transition of really opening up and showing sites that you don't really want to show. I don't like being negative. Yeah. Like some people think that opening up with your struggles is you're being negative, but Mm. it's really not. And so that's kind of got me in the door. And then I've just kind of ran with it. I got a divorce from my husband like a year and a half ago and we're still great friends and he's awesome. And so I've kind of opened up a little bit about dating and certain things like that. So I've just tried to be me and, and that's, that's all I can do and take everything day at a time and just live in the moment. And that's kind of what's been working for me at this point in my life. Yeah. So talking a little bit about that and, you know, opening up on the infertility side, I mean, one yeah. that that's a tough conversation to have with mm-hmm. people you care about, let alone people you, you don't know. But yeah. one thing I've always thought is that we admire people based on what they've accomplished, but we connect with people based on their, their vulnerabilities. Right. Totally. And so just thinking about that for you, you know, was there pushback from anyone in your life saying, you know, at least maybe don't oh. do that, you know, just keep that to you. And how did you overcome that? If people close to you uh, maybe didn't support the decision to talk about it. Oh, I mean, you hit it right on the head. I had a lot of people, a, my, you know, my ex-husband is a private guy. My mom is really private and certain close people are really private. And so I did get some backlash and it it hurt. I, because here I am trying to, you know, have a business online, but still stay true to myself and not be salesy. I I think that's the one thing on social media is I don't ever want to come across pushy, fake or salesy. So I've always tried to have a really good balance and yet I still feel like I could open up more, but it's just a process. And I did have people just say, you know, that's a private matter. I don't know why you would share that. But when I got so many encouraging women and friends just supporting me and be like, I go through that. I haven't had, you know, a chance to have a baby yet. And I'm here for you. And so I'm really like Instagram. I mean, they, they saved me through some of the hardest times yeah, that I've been through. So yeah. I, so I went to a Lutheran grade school growing up and we were pretty much told, like, if you looked at a girl wrong, like she'd get pregnant. And then you realize as a yes. girl, there's actually difficulties with that. Yeah, not, right? not that simple all the time. <laughs> well, it's a crazy process. I mean, I had no idea. And so, and then I got um, friends who would get pregnant, who were so nervous to tell me. And I love it when people can get pregnant and don't have to go through that. And then I start to feel bad about my situation. I'm like, there's so many worse things than what I've been through, you know, and they do make us who we are, but I just, I can't, I let myself feel bad for a little bit. And then I'm like, okay, let's go. There's just, you know, there's so many trials that people go through. So, yes. Absolutely. So going back to Saint and what you're doing there, um, you know, as we look at that, 
makeup, obviously, I know nothing about. Uh, no, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't doll myself up today, but it is something that, you know, when done well, I mean, it can give girls a lot of confidence. And yeah. I think knowing how to do it well is definitely a skill. So talk to us a little bit about that, you know, to ladies that might be listening, or if there's guys that are putting on their makeup, yeah, uh, you or- know, and things that are helpful. <laughs> <laughs> or guys that are like, oh, I want to get my girlfriend or my wife or my yes. mom. Okay. So uh, I feel like as women, we want to feel like our best versions of ourselves, And we want a concept that is going to still look like we're put together, but still be natural. Right. There's like, yeah. there's a balance. And I like to go like a little more over the top I'll admit that like I like like fun bright lipstick and bronzer and all of that stuff but I feel like I can relate to people who don't like to wear as much because at one point I wasn't into it as much like sports lacy and mm-hmm. so this makeup is so versatile for like high school girls up to my grandma wears it yeah. and I love being able to just give them an easy cream palette where they're like oh my gosh I can do makeup I don't need all these 19 steps and it's easy and it's affordable and so like through Instagram I've been able to do just kind of some tutorials that I hope help girls and like reels you know how crazy reels are now (laughs) so I've been trying to do some of those and some I'm like I need to work on those and then I'm still learning I really really am but I hope that you know, women can learn this easy concept on how to contour or how to put blush on and still feel like themselves, but still feel pretty and that they can go on a date or go to the gym or the mall and still feel put together. So, yeah. So what's the trick or what are maybe like one or two actionable steps to figure out what is your style or what complements your facial structure? (sighs) Yeah. So I think Honestly, the number one thing is just feeling comfortable with whatever you're wearing, you're putting on your face. And then also, obviously, you still want to look like yourself. I've, I used to go get my makeup done at the mall and they would put on like dark eyeshadow and this like bright, like concealer foundation and I'd be like oh yeah and then I'd go like in my car and be like oh my gosh this is so bad I can't do this so I always try to ask you know my customers or my clients like what what do you like what are you looking for and then I can really like give tips and tricks and show them you know how to be not only their best selves like you know by going out but also like feeling okay, I feel good and I feel confident because when you feel confident in yourself, I mean, women can conquer anything they want to, right? Absolutely. So it's customized. I love this makeup. It's really customized to, to you, your bone structure, your face colors. And that's what I love is finding that out for, for them and making them feel good. Absolutely. So as we we're talking about, you know, just different things that have gone through your life, I think something that can be very impactful is if you've got a close group of people. And sometimes that's friends, sometimes that's family. Uh, sometimes it, it can be on the social media side, right? Now we have virtual friends that maybe yes. we've never met, but they can be our biggest yeah. supporters. So just talk about for you, you know, as you've gone through some of these 
tough pivotal moments in your life, you know, what that's meant to you or what that's looked like? Oh, that, I think that's been the number one thing that saved me through just feeling like I was going to be at a certain point in my life and then just injuries and infertility and relationship struggles. But I mean, I'm still like the happiest I've ever been ever. I really, really am. But the number one thing is that I, I know who I am and my friends that are my close friends, like love me for me and they accept me. Like, um, I'm a little spazzy when it comes to certain things. And I feel like, you know, there's so many things I can work on, but the people that are really in my circle, they accept me and I accept them and it's unconditional love. That's the true thing. And they make me better. So Mm. Those people that, you know, they know who they are. And I feel like I always look at people and I'm like, how can I make them better? And I hope that I do that to my circle. So it is, it's important to have close friends that are there for you no matter what and build you up and unconditional love. So yeah, that's been a a huge part in, you know, getting me where I am today. So yeah. Well, and one thing that's always interesting with friendships and just relationship dynamics is, you know, something that I've found to be true is people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime, right? Uh, you got those people that, hey, they, they've been with me for the last three months. And I don't know that we'll probably continue on past that, but I, there was mm-hmm. something I could take away from that. So, you know, for you, just with people that have been entering into your life and you know, once again, maybe some of them I still have a relationship with some it's been 10 years. How do you handle that? Because at the end of the day, we only have so much energy. We, we can't invest into everyone at the same level in our lives. So how do you balance the different relationships and different seasons with them? Oh, that is, that's so true because certain people too can like suck the life out of you mm-hmm. and can make you better. So I feel like it's really like deciphering, like your good circle and even like dating and meeting like new people all over in my company and clients. And I actually have this little journal book and I, I need to be better, but I like to write down things about like connections and Mm. people I meet and engage with. And I try to write the positives. I feel like when you can see the positives and even like a bad day or whatever, just certain things that like really helps me is just, just trying to be optimistic and people are who they are and we can't change them. And when I really realized like, okay, we can't change people. We have to like adapt. That's what has, has saved me. And who was like, what's really got me to find like really true good friends. So. Perfect. That's great. (laughs) So for you, Lacey, are there any pivotal moments that we really haven't talked about today that you want to highlight that have helped you kind of get to where you're at and things that you've been able to do? Oh, well, I actually, um, I'm trying to think my, well, my little brother, actually, he was born with a lung disease and I think growing up with 
a little brother where you're thinking, I don't know if he's going to live for tomorrow or for the next holiday has made me appreciate Mm. my life more and moments with my family and, and, and living in the moment. That's the one thing that when I went through my infertility struggle is I was always thinking in the future and like, gosh, am I going to have that baby? Am I going to have a family? And, and anxiety would take over and, and I'm not someone who even really stresses a lot. So once I realized like we need to live in the moment and appreciate the little things and just my brother is my hero and he is doing great. And they actually did IVF and they got a little, a little baby themselves. I know, which is oh, so cool. fun. And when they went through IVF and my sister-in-law got pregnant she was just bawling to me she's like I'm so sorry it worked for us and I was like oh my heck I'm so happy for you like just trials and tribulations we all have them but it's like you just got to keep pushing and so he's yeah he just he's a fighter and I I've loved like watching him grow and stay healthy and keep trucking along and so he's been a great example to me also so that well one congratulations to them and now we got (laughs) Aunt Lacey hanging out so something you said there though um, I think is really interesting and I forget who said it but somebody said it so I'm going to quote anonymous because I don't know who it is but it was you know if you're always focused on the past that's how depression can creep in because you're always comparing what you're at to what it had been totally if you're always living in the future, you have anxiety because you're stressed out about the unknown. Mm-hmm. It's only when you live in the present and have a little bit of foresight that you can be, you know, truly in a joyous state. So talk a little bit about that for you or just thoughts on that. Yeah, well, it's so true because we still are, are wanting to have dreams and goals. And I feel like in as looking out on that, if you keep getting obsessed with those things, I mean, life just passes you by. And that's what I was going through with the infertility struggle. I was so worried about the future that I'm like, I'm just missing time, you know, with, with who I was with and, and the little things. And I feel like we both got to that point where it's like, we just need to enjoy each other. And travel and be happy and so there's just a good balance with dreams and goals but yet still living in the moment and being appreciative of what like is right in front of you that's what I lost high or last sight of is what I had you know at the moment and then I feel like that goes with my work as well but I still have goals and dreams and you still want to crush them yeah. And then when you do that, though, you get to that point and then you're, okay, what, what's the next thing, you know? And so there's just a good balance with, with goals and passions and still staying focused on the current day. So, yes. So a friend of mine described it to me this way. He said, Phil, um, if you're a high achiever, usually you live in this world of being blissfully dissatisfied. And yeah. it's that idea that, you know, if, if I accomplish this goal, then I'm constantly on to what's next. And it's finding the balance of being able to enjoy it for a period of time, but not let it take your motivation to get to the next goal. 
Yes, I love that. Yes, blissfully dissatisfied. So that's how we need to live. Right. <laughs> oh, well, Lacey, I want to thank you so much for coming on today and just sharing your story and the pivotal moments that have led you here. You know, I think you made a small comment, but it's funny to me to think the five-year-old version of you drawing the girl playing basketball oh. with the lipstick and eyelashes. And here we are today. I know. Isn't that so funny? I know. I, I'm going to get a picture and I'm going to, I'm going to send it to you. I have a couple. So yes. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I appreciate I appreciate you a lot and this has been so fun. So awesome.